What's up, guys? This is Jackie O, the OG, original Black Digital Nomad and Globetrot Mama. And I am so excited today because I am doing one of my first podcast slash vlog interviews where I sit down with one of my sister girlfriends who is doing the most and chat with her and hopefully inspire and educate you so that you can move abroad or travel full time. And I'm super pumped and excited about today's guest because I have known her for over 20 years and I am still in awe of her. She is just a shero of mine. Uh, when you first see her, coming up first thing you'll say is geez she's gorgeous and she is but she's not only that she is a fantastic artist musician she is dynamic she's an amazing mother she's super kind and generous and i just i'm just so super pumped for this interview today so i hope you guys enjoy it she is doing the most in paris france which i know especially for a lot of black females has this kind of nostalgia associated with it thinking about like josephine baker which is the first question i ask her um just because most people when they think Black American female artist in Paris who comes to mind, Josephine Baker in her chateau with like her 15 rainbow tribe from all over the world, dancing her world famous banana dance. And there are so many, and I love Josephine. Um, she's definitely an inspiration for me and she was doing the most when Black women weren't given that opportunity. So kudos to her. But I also am enamored with Crystal as well because she is doing the most and she's doing it her own way. She's doing it as a mom, she's doing it as an artist, she's doing it as a Black American woman. Um, and I know you guys will be just as impressed with her and just as amazed with her as I am. So stay tuned and let's get to it. And I have no idea why I'm in grass today, but I just was like, Let's walk in the grass. I'm talking to an artist today. Maybe that's very bohemian. <laughs> but guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you are listening, don't forget to like and subscribe because I'm doing this both as a podcast and as a blog as well. And of course, don't forget to visit my website, www.thejackieolife.com. Let's get to it. I can't sing, or I would sing some sort of intro, and even if I could, I wouldn't sing when I'm getting ready to introduce a professional singer. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Jackie O, and welcome to Black Women Doing the Most, the travel edition. I am so super pumped. I could not sleep last night because I am interviewing a Wonder Woman today. I have been stalking this girl since Spellman um, when she was on a reality TV show. You thought I forgot. <laughs> and, and, and then she did the ultimate deuces and was like, you know what, US deuces, I'm going to do the most in France. So not mad at her. She's living the life. Like when I was telling people I was going to interview her, I was getting comments all over the place. Um, she is an amazing musician, artist, living in Paris, France. Talk about living the dream. Like how many people have said they want to do that? Um, but how many of us actually know somebody 
doing it, making it happen. And she's been doing it for what, 20 plus years now, Crystal? Yeah. Like, 20 years. Like, yeah, it's, it's not a fad <laughs> for her. Like, she's got it going on. She's in, like, following the footsteps of lots of, like, Black American artists. You think of all the artists out of the Harlem Renaissance and that whole tradition who of Black American artists going to um, France and fighting themselves and finding their voices. So, welcome, Crystal! Hey! Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, I'm so like, I'm so super pumped to have you. I know that like for so many people, like living in France is like a dream, um, especially like black people. Cause they, they have heard like the stories of like the 1920s and 1930s of like the artists who all went there, the forties. Um, so I want to start it off with first, like, <laughs> and I told you this before, like, do you live in a chateau? <laughs> <laughs> I do not live in a chateau. Chateau Christelle uh, may come one day, but uh, that's not where I live. I live okay. in an apartment. You don't have 15 kids that you adopted all over the world. Nope. You don't dance bananas every night. Sounds familiar, but that's not me. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Or fortunately, no. Mm -mm. I got two. It feels like fifteen. It feels like fifteen. But you have, but you have like made a life for yourself. But as in, like, as an artist, as a musician, yeah. like, yeah. just tell me about like one. How did you end up in France? And I know a lot of questions I got from people when I was telling them I was interviewed. They were like, because I told them you speak French, but mm -hmm. you didn't move to France speaking French. And people were like, oh, what was easy for her because she speaks French? But I'm like, she didn't start off that way. Like, <laughs> well, I I, I studied abroad. Um, I minored in French. It's spelled. Okay. I minored in French. And, but I wasn't the best French student. You know, I think I was <laughs> very sweet to Madam Edwards and she was okay. very sweet and forgiving to me. Okay. Um, I had a lot of help from my roomies, Robin Stokes and all them. They tolerated me because they came in there talking about, <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, duh. And, uh, you know, I don't even know how I tested into that particular class, but I, um, I had studied in Martinique for a summer. Didn't learn anything. You know, people thought I was from there. They were speaking to me in Creole. And I was like, look, yo, I gotta, I gotta do better. So I had studied at the business school in 98 for a semester. And that's where I met my really good friend who ultimately ended up being my husband years later. That will come. Um, and I uh, auditioned to be in his band so I could be in the mix with French people and kind of stay away from the Americans. And I learned, you know, some good phrases and stuff like that. I, most of my classes were in English um, and he spoke to me in English. I was like, gosh, I'm trying to learn this French and everybody's speaking to me in English. But um, I just continued and I was a stickler for um, just writing down phrases and just, it was very musical to me, just like any language, you know? And so I just, I don't know, I was imitating people and it just came little by little. Then I went back to school, graduated. Um, and I could have gone several different ways. You know, I was interning on Wall Street. Um, I had gotten into Harvard to study law and I just was like, nope. And then I got a Fulbright to teach English. And so I was like, let me buy me some time. Post, well, before that I, I auditioned for a little show called Pop Stars. I'm so mad you brought that up. <laughs> Not at all. And I didn't even see it because they, filmed it in advance uh -huh. and I was here when it aired Ooh. and this was pre Facebook and all this so I was getting all these phone calls you know people were paying because back then it, it cost a lot of money to call a foreign country people were paying to, to tell me they saw me on TV and stuff and I got 
emails. And so I literally saw that show like 15 years later. And that's all I did. I, ref, I don't know. I refused to watch it. I love the friends that I made from there. I'm still friends with a lot of those people. But it's like I kind of turned a page, you know, and I just started a new chapter. And so I came here and I had a six month uh, contract. And I just during that time was knocking out music. Nothing at all to do with my econ major. You know, I was like, I want to do music here and I want to learn French, like learn, learn French. And so uh, Fred, he had his band. We, you know, joined forces. I only had to work 12 hours a, a week for the Fulbright. And during the rest of my time, we made music. And so we were singing in little bars and, you know, getting paid like $50 here, 50 euros here, a couple beers there, you know, and I kind of like hit the ground running. And so then I extended my contract by another year. And yeah, and then in that time, I had learned French really well because I was practicing. I was only speaking French. I was no longer scared to make mistakes because that's a biggie. People, you know, want to be perfectionists or they're scared of um, people making fun of them. And I just let all that go. Okay. So by then, my French was really good. I was even writing in French. Um, and then oh, I started. French grammar is not easy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so then I just started making connections here and there. And we went to Thailand and Vietnam and performed for the French embassies and stuff like that. And just little by little, that six month time period turned to a year, turned to five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, and my mom stopped asking when I was coming back. <laughs> now, would you say like just building up like your music career, would you say that was like your personality? Because just a lot of people are like, well, how do I, like I, you, so you land, like you mm -hmm. speak some French and yeah. like connect with a band, but like, what would advice would you give somebody else who's like, I want to do what she's doing? Well, a lot of, okay, things have changed in 20 years because this is a specific, you know, industry that has just completely changed in front of our eyes. It's no longer you have to go and make a CD and have a, you know, record exec listen to it and you're like, oh my God, did he listen? Now a lot of this is done on the internet. You, you know, you produce your own album, you make your own connections and it's like direct one-to-one -one with your audience. But back then, you know, it was all about the connections that you made. And this was definitely one instance where I was more of a rare commodity because I was black American. And they loved all things jazz, soul, R&B. And here I am all of a sudden, and I'm authentic. So I remember everywhere I went, I pretty much got jobs because I, first of all, I laid on the American accent really thick. And then they're like, oh my God, you're American. You're like for real American, you know, girl. I to this day, my friend Asha, she gets on me. She is a she is from the Alvin Ailey troupe. You know, she was a dancer with them, and she's a real dancer. She makes she gets on me because I needed a job to supplement that, and so I went up to this this uh, dance school and told them I was a hip hop dance teacher. Child. <laughs> they believed me because I was Black American. I got up in there that first day. I was like, and one, two, three, four. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And I worked there for a year and a half. But I was always saying that I could do all this stuff all the time. Half the time, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, songwriting for some things, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is out of my range, but I'm going to do it, you know? And just, I don't know. It, it, you know, it's personality, it's perseverance. Um, it's not giving up and also if you don't know what the hell you're doing find out how to do it or find somebody who does know what they're doing you know to teach you or to work with you and so I think it was a combination of all that um, and then you know it was just it gave me more and more confidence 
the bigger the jobs that I got, you know, the more my confidence built up. Because there were times where I was like, oh my God, you know, I graduated from Spelman. I was accepted to this school. I was accepted to, um, you know, these particular companies on Wall Street. I had an offer. Uh, what did I do? So I had those like, what in the hell moments, you know what I mean? And of course, throughout all that, I miss my family. I miss my girlfriends. I saw how, you know, some of our Spelman sisters were going on vacation together or you know they were I don't know they did all these things I was like <laughs> eating my baguette I don't eat baguettes so much anymore but back then that's pretty much what I could afford I'm eating my baguette what am I doing but at the same time I also liked being able to go to a cafe to spend 60 cents at the time um and sit there all day and write songs a freedom that I didn't really have in the States because that waitress would be like, uh, can you get out of my section? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and I, here in France, they'd be like, uh, don't worry, you could stay there all day. You know, it's okay. So I ended up writing like two albums like that. <laughs> that was like the, the cheapest budget ever, you know? I didn't even have to pay to, to rent a space. I just went to a cafe. And so there were little moments like that or just walking along the Seine River, you know, and just seeing how beautiful it was. Um, and of course it wasn't all peachy and rosy, you know, but I must say it was a lot, um, easier for me here than it was there. Cause I tried it out for a second in Atlanta and it was hardcore, you know what I mean? It was, and it was a lot of competition and I don't know that I was made for that in that particular place. You know what I mean? But here, like I'm saying, I, I got here. And I'm, you know, I like to talk to people anyways. So I was just knocking down doors, you know, hip hop dance teacher. That's me. You know, uh, English uh, coach. That's me. Rapper. I was just, I don't know what the hell I was like. When I look back, I'm like, what was I doing? But I did it, you know? <laughs> well, when you were there, did you ever like stress money? Because that's probably the biggest thing I get asked by like black women who want to move abroad. Like, how am I going to make money? How am I going to afford to live there? And especially when you're talking about like Europe, like, I live in a country where I can live in under $1,000 a month, right? Like, most yeah. of the time. that ain't, yeah. that ain't Paris, France. <laughs> no, no. Did I stress about money? There were definitely times. Um, now, I did come over here, you know, I was an econ major and I worked on Wall Street and I came from a family that was very much like, especially my dad, he's like, you gotta save money and all this other stuff. And when I went to Spelman, um, I got a full ride to Spelman. And so I didn't have those loans. So I started off pretty okay. You know, even if I had started at zero, I would have been better than better off than some people be, who had loans and stuff like that. Um, so the little money that I did save, you know, I kind of really made it work for me. I got a really cheap apartment here. Um, you know, I didn't spend much on, you know, I ate like rice and just the basics. Um, yeah, I, there were a lot of free things that I could go to here. And there still are a lot of free meetups, um, a lot of exchanges. I did things that way. And there's also a thing that's specific to France. Um, it's it's a and specific to artists here, working artists. And I was able to obtain um, a certain status, which allowed me to get the stipend every month as long as I made my hours. Okay. And that is a very, 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 very specific and very special um, status that's getting harder and harder to get because France, you know, socialist country, they want to give to everybody, give to everybody, give to, you know, give to you and you get a car and you get this, you know what I mean? I'm exaggerating. Um, but that means that they are also in debt. And so they're trying to reduce that debt and they're, you know, cutting off the, the fat from certain uh, programs. And so, um, but once you do get those hours, you get a certain stability. 
Um, and also, again, this is a country where if you were dirt broke, if you could, if you walk down to town hall and pledge your case, you could walk out with like a thousand dollar check at the time. Now it's changed a little bit, but you still can get, you know, you can get money. And also like when you have a child here, you get money. I remember when my twins were born, I was like this, and that was regardless of your income. You could have been making seven figures, uh, just like you could have been, you know, extremely, extremely poor and you would have gotten money. You know what I mean? Were you, were you scared to have a, because I get a question that a lot. Were you scared to have a kid in a foreign country? Hell no. <laughs> I would have been scared to have it there. Have oh, I agree. No, 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 no. raised for black mothers in America. This is what I'm saying, because a lot of um, my friends had their kids before me, and I heard horror stories. And it didn't matter their class. These were all black women. And one of my other best friends who's Indian, just terrifying stories. And I was just like, wow. And had a couple of them not insisted and said, I know my body, you have to check yep. me out. Then things could have gone sour. And I was like, you know, it was the opposite here. When I gave birth, first of all, I owed, I owed $50 at the end of a 10, a eight day hospital stay in a room with by twins? myself with twins, with twins C-section. I owed $50. Why? Because I requested a TV that I never, I never even looked at it. And I thought I would need a television in my room. I never even watched the TV. And that was my bill. It was $50. And I had a, my own private room overlooking a garden. And I had, you know, 24 hour care. They were the ones that came in there by day four, five. And they're like, would you like to stay a couple extra days, you know, just to get into the swing of things. And then, you know, they had a breastfeeding specialist that came and worked with me every day because I had opted to breastfeed the twins. Yeah, and then they, she accompanied me as well. Uh, and then a different lady for a month at my house if I needed help. I have a question for you about breastfeeding because mm -hmm. I did read Bringing Up Bebe. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, if you don't know that, it's a woman, American woman who lives in France, talks about raising her kids the French way. Is breastfeeding accepted in France? You know, it's not it, clear from that book. <laughs> because what? It's not clear from that book. It seems like she was kind of going against what the French norm was. What the French was. And it's, it's so very odd. Okay, so the short answer to that question is, depends on, uh, depends on your circle. Okay. In my circle, it was highly accepted. My circle of American friends, French, um, very open women, you know what I mean? Um, artists. Okay. Now, once you got into the more like, I can only speak to, well, actually, even in the south of France, my sister-in-law's from there, they kind of like, were like, I can't be done. I can't be bothered with that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't have time. Or why would you want to do that? You know, you can just give him the bottle and then we can go and have a coffee, you know, things <laughs> like that. On the flip side, they offered you so many breastfeeding classes and courses. So it's kind of like, you know, nobody's going to shun you if you go to the, the cafe. The difference is like you can be outside and you'll see women breastfeeding their kids and nobody's going to be okay. like, oh my God. The, then again, this is France where, you know, to sell like, I don't know, a car, you got like a naked woman. So they're not, it, it's not an issue of, you know, seeing a naked body. Um, it's more of a like, well, we don't have to do that today. You know, <laughs> for those that choose not to, like that's how my sister-in-law was and you know she's like look at you you look so tired you know? <laughs> i was like oh god um but yeah i mean again nobody's going to shun you for it but you will encounter quite a few women that don't really opt to breastfeed and those in my circle that did happen to be americans or again french women that 
thought a little bit differently and out of the box or, you know, French women who were, I don't know, artists, something about those artists. Yeah, so. You know, always, you know, <laughs> those artists, always shaking things up. Okay. <laughs> so then, like, let's talk a little bit about, like, daycare. Because yes. the crash is something else she talked about. Like, did your kids go? Like, what was that experience like? Like, yes, how they long did. did they get off? All that stuff. So, okay. So, when I found out that I was um, expecting twins, I was on tour with a very, very big, older, um, like, uh, I don't know, French Sinatra type? Yeah, yeah. French, French guy who it's, it's to this, to date, it's one of the last huge um, French tours that has taken place. And so I had been on tour with him for about two years, three years. And so I found out I was pregnant, I told him, and they had to readjust everything I was wearing because at the time they had us in like these tight fitted bustier things. I was like, look, that ain't gonna work. You know what I mean? And the lady that was fitting us at the, the place, um, Ah, the, the Gucci uh, place. She was like, I know that you went to Italy uh, two weeks ago, but did you eat too much pasta? And I, I, did, I did not dare tell her I was expecting twins because it's true that at that particular time in my brain, I was like, oh my God, I'm an artist, but I'm going to have a baby. But what do I do? You know, but I'm on tour. And so I just, I just, you know, my contract was signed. And then I just came out and told them and they're like, oh my gosh, this is great. So I got to wear a, a dress that they adjusted and altered every single week up until I was five months pregnant and on the road. And I loved it. Wait, you I were had, on the road till you were five? I was on stage with these stiletto heel, heels looking like I was, people were like, oh, it's any day now. I'm like, I'm five months pregnant with twins. You know what I mean? <laughs> Damn it. And so then I came off of that tour. That was like in January. And from the time I came off, January, end of January, to the time I gave birth, um, well, I was covered by, uh, you know, French maternity leave. And, you know, they, they had all these programs that I could, I could join. Um, they had all these people call and they're like, oh, okay, do you have any questions? You know, I joined um, a multiples group as well to answer my questions because I was freaking out, you know, because I didn't have any family here. And my husband has a very, very, it's the opposite of me. He's a very, you know, small family. And, uh, and so then I, you know, could have stayed on maternity leave for an extra six months after they were born. This is like unbelievable from a family. Paid, paid, all this is paid maternity leave. And of course, that check came that I talked to you about earlier when you gave birth, like by your third or fourth kid here, you know, you you got a ton of of money. (laughs) Let me stop. But um, yeah, I I, I was like, I just got a check for the kids and then I got a couple packs of diapers and I've got, you know, this welcome kit and then I had a um, cleaning service. Government or the Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a cleaning service for a month. Now I got more because I was expecting um, twins. Now it's a little less when you have a a single child, Um, but still, you know what I mean? Not only did I have a near zero bill, you know, I had an extended stay that was, you know, that came from them. They they were the ones that suggested it. Crazy, right? You know, obviously I didn't have to take those eight days. I've had three girlfriends um, have, uh, three American friends have kids recently Mm -hmm. and they were good. They opted to go home by day, by day three. (laughs) They 
Like, right, exactly. You right. Bye. Like, you poke by. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So, from what I've heard, you know. And so, to answer your question, girl, heck you no. Know, there is no way that I was scared at all. You know, I went and visited the different hospitals. Now, there is the American hospital in Paris where you could pay full price. You pay American prices. But why would I do that? Just so I could, you know, have some, I don't know, elevator music and some American staff waiting on, no, 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 no. I went to the, the same place that my husband actually was born. His brother was born and his mother was born and it's right in my neighborhood and it's a beautiful clinic. And it actually was for um, people, for women giving birth to single children and not necessarily multiples because that's considered high risk. Okay. But they had an ambulance waiting outside for me because right down the street was the host- the children's hospital. No, hospital. they had yeah. an ambulance waiting for you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And you're so, $50 because you just wanted a TV. Because I wanted a TV, girl, that I never watched. Getting <laughs> then got the nerve to be mad to spend 50, that I spent $50. <laughs> 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 it's like, that's $50. Let me see my 40, 40-something-year-old butt, like, trying to have a kid in France now. <laughs> You say that, but I got, I got like, I got so many friends. They're like, how can I be down? Let me, let me come on over to to France, to Paris, child, have me a baby. I just, I mean, it's just phenomenal. I like to me that I, the concept, like when I looked at my cousin's bills for her three kids after her insurance kicked in, I was like, excuse me, come again. (laughs) I've been living here too long. You know, and, and it's far from perfect. But on that end, I can never complain. I think I've seen every doctor from my head to my toe possible and, and just paid little to nothing. You know what I mean? So, and that, in the States, I think twice. Even when I go home and I have to buy, a, you know, special insurance for non, non-resident uh, U.S. citizens, I look at the what it covers. I'm like, oh, God, I would have to pay like 10000 And then they would pay me. You know, I don't even, my brain can't even wrap itself around around that idea. So, no. And the health care is the same for your kids, too. Like, you can take them to the, the like, all their regular checkups and you don't have any issues, right? Like, it's not, exactly. you're, not, you're not stressing a $500 bill because that's not happening. Oh, no, 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 no. I can take that. Yeah, you can choose your doctor. You know, you can choose your pediatrician. You can choose your, your um, family doctor after a certain age. Um, and as far as the crash, the daycare, um, my children went to daycare. I put them in there when they were four and a half months. Because, oh, wow. yeah, because I knew that I needed to get back out there um, in, in the music business. I knew that it was a shady business. You know what I mean? And no matter how much they loved you, things were changing so fast. And you know you're you can you can be replaced for certain things. You know what I mean. And also, I'm just be honest. I love them so much, and they know I love them. But I also loved being, you know, with artists. Thank you. Um, for you know what I mean. I just. Because <laughs> people don't understand. I'm like I love my daughter, but I also love my work. Like I actually yes, love my I work. loved that. You know what I mean. And so, I just could not. This is just me. I couldn't conceive of just staying home with my twins, you know, and basking in their their twinness. Like, oh, and that is great for some moms, dads, whatever. I that was not me. And so um, I knew that it might be kind of hard in our in our particular neighborhood to get two spots because it's a very weird system. You can either go public, which is what we did, okay, and it's based on your income. So oh. some people might pay. A, a, a euro a day 
you know, and some people might pay for, for, for the daycare. Yes. And some people might pay. Good child care. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some people, because I remember I was signing my contract and my eyes kind of rolled over to my neighbors. Oh, why she paying y'all? I couldn't <laughs> complain though, because I mean, even if we were paying on the higher end, it still was nothing like what my cousin was telling me, you know, for her three kids at the time. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Um, so we wrote a really sappy, like you, we put together a dossier, we put, and we put everything in there. I went and found a social worker. I was like, look, you write how we need these two spots. <laughs> in this daycare. So it, is, it is an application process though. Yes. Well, you have to go when you're, you know, like seven months pregnant, you go and you meet with the director of that um, daycare mm-hmm. and uh, you sit and you talk with her or him um, and you basically tell him or her why you need that spot. You know what I mean? And my husband is a business owner and I'm an artist. So we're two independent, you know, like we needed that to work. And, and so, um, we wrote a letter an accompanying letter. You don't have to do all that. You can just literally fill out the application, but we needed some weight behind that. And so then we got those two spots. Um, and then on top of that, I had a nanny that would help me out three times a week and pick up the boys when I couldn't. And how did you find the nanny? Because that's always a question I also get. Right. I felt, well, I had looked and looked because I was so scared to leave my, you know, I'm a mom bear child. <laughs> I was like, I don't know these people. So I had a girl who was wonderful and she was actually can, uh, Canadian, um, English speaking Canadian. So for me, that was perfect. But she, she was a student and didn't stay. And so then I went through a service, an agency. And I interviewed um, like three or four girls and I fell in love with their nanny at the time named Solène that they still remember and love. And she lives in our neighborhood as well. And um, at the time, up until your child is six, anything that's, you know, daycare related or nanny related, you can write off 50% on your taxes. This is after paying like the pace, you know, the, the, the rate for this according to your salary. So I was like, why not? You know what I mean? And a couple times she accompanied me on um, studio sets and stuff because by then I was doing TV and film and stuff like that. And I needed to be there. But, you know, you know, so that's that's how I did. That's how I found Solen. Um, some of my other girlfriends have found reliable nannies through word of mouth. And in each particular neighborhood, like it's. A lot of times it's some of the same nannies. So if you know that this child is um, going to turn three, mm-hmm. then you can start saying stuff like, well, listen, we love our nanny, but you know our child has to go to school because that's the thing. In France, daycare stops at three. Oh. You can't send your child after three. And you have, I think they recently changed it, maybe last year, but at least up until last year, you could either send your child to school so from three, they go to school, you know, three and a half, four or five, all the way up, or they would have to stop, start, sorry, at five. But now I think they've changed the law um, that they have to start at four. And so I put my children in school. It's just like an extended daycare, to be honest, <laughs> at three years old. And you visit Is that another school. application process, Crystal? Like you have to do another dossier? Well, it, you can either go, you know, public, and that depends on where you live. But some people are like, I don't like that school. That school has a bad reputation. So you can go private. And that's what we did because I didn't necessarily care for the school that, was, that we were attached to. And the private school wasn't that expensive. It was not like, you know, some prices in the States. And they had an English-speaking program. And so that's why when I went there and, and we were the first, we got the, de- you know, the dates online. 
and we literally set up a, 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 a I was going to say a rendezvous. We set up an appointment, an appointment, <laughs> an appointment right, you know, to be the first parents. And so we got the first two spots and loved it. And they stayed there for the first three years of their, of their, um, you know, school. So Boy, because like I get this so much, and I've talked to you about this. Is like mm-hmm. your kids that have a Black American mother. Like, mm-hmm. how do you keep the like one? They they're bilingual, right? So they speak yes. only French. Yes, right? and they speak Noonanese for the Noonan <laughs> Georgia girl. <laughs> Thank you. But like, like I get asked so much about like Ruth, who that isn't even two yet. How do I keep her connected to like Black American culture? Which I'm like. Okay, starts with me, first of all. You know what I mean? I mean, here in this house, first of all, like everywhere in this house, it, it, they can't help but, beside, you know, they see their mama, but they can't help but see all the pieces of black art that I have all around the house. Um, mostly done by my good girlfriend, uh, Kim's brother-in-law, who designed the, the, the book cover and all the pages for the official Obama book when he was elected. Uh-huh. So I got, got that one too. So there's that there. I mean, you know, I'd say a good chunk of my girlfriends and guy friends mm-hmm. are black, either black American, black Caribbean, you know, or just from various countries, mostly Ivory Coast, okay. Senegal, Ghana. They can't help but be exposed. What do we listen to the most? Like my kid's favorite movie is, mm-hmm. You gonna laugh? The Last Dragon. One of my kids thinks he is Bruce Leroy, and he wants his brother to be shown up, girl. So he walks around talking about who's the master. So I think I think we got it covered. Not to mention that you know I just grew the biggest batch of Georgia collard greens on my Parisian balcony, and you know what I mean. And I and my kids are good. There is when they come home when we go to Newton, Georgia, and it is like. You know, everybody just descends upon my mama's house. And I got a big old family. My kids, they're just, you know, thrown right in. They're right there at the barbecue, you know, eating and, and, and having a good time and dancing. So if anything, you know, I'd be worried about kids that aren't exposed to different things out in the world, you know? Shoot. <laughs> my kids are able to adapt. You know what I mean? They are able to, to uh, they ask a lot of questions. They're curious. You know, um, I don't know. They, 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 they're little warriors. You know what I mean? They're little black warriors. You know, um, I have approached the subject of what's been going on in the states. Um, you know, just, ugh, just so sad. But I try to use, you know, appropriate, uh, kid-friendly language to, to to approach the different topics because it's happening here. You know, there was a similar case, and then there's Black Lives Matter protests, and they see their, their, you know, aunties and uncles that we've adopted um, mm-hmm. protesting here as well. So, you know, I like to answer those questions and be open and honest with them. And a large part of their, um, you know, books on their bookshelves mm-hmm. are Black Americans, you know, Black Americans in history. So I make a, you know, I make sure that that part is covered. That is never, ever an issue. You know, but I, but I also think it's interesting because they're all, they're also French, like they're French citizens. Their dad yeah. is French, and yeah. France has a very interesting history of Black people, like as well, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, it's always amazing to me, especially when I'm in America, that people are shocked that there are French-speaking Black people. When I'm like, <laughs> go to like the African continent, like, <laughs> like, like you don't even have to go to France, but like go to like there's no time that I've ever been in France where. Black people and white people haven't come up to me trying to speak French and then shocked when like I respond in English. Like, <laughs> like, like, like literally horrified. And it's usually black people that are horrified. Like, 
she don't she, she pretending. Girl, well, I mean, there was there was this is a little side note. There was a, a time period where there were some French Afro Caribbean folks posing as Americans. I am not even kidding. And I didn't believe it till I saw it for my own eyes. And then I started started speaking English, and they're like, "Uh, actually, I'm from." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I'm not saying it's because of that, but that's the thing. You know, it's it's very mixed here. So, in their eyes, why wouldn't you be a French speaker? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. France. Oh yeah, I think it's like. Um, so do you in Paris, particularly like in Paris, because that's where you live, like, do you feel isolated? Like, how connected are you to other Black people? I know you've mentioned it before, but I just really kind of want to stress the fact that, like, there are Black people in Paris, there are Black people in France. I am very connected, girl. I mean, you know what I mean? I actually, and so I looked at just the progression of the past, I'd say 22 years, because even though I've been here officially 20 years, I was here while I was in Dijon in 98, and I still have a lot of those friends, you know, that are my husband's friends as well. And I just noticed how slowly, you know, a lot of those friends, the majority of my friends have become black American artists here, you know, or, um, you know, French artists of all horizons, but they're artists, and it's a special type of French and just french french or just parisian parisian it's very rare you know what i mean um so here i don't have any any issue like i don't feel left out at all like i don't feel like i don't belong because i have so many you know my whole a good part of my tribe is black you know being black american um just just black from the diaspora girl so that beautiful thing like people don't get like how mm. expansive like the black diaspora is and it's like mm-hmm. amazing when you see like mm. how we overlap but then how we're different like girl yeah and even when we moved to this neighborhood because we we bought the apartment here and it's not so far from there from our old place so they could have we could have taken the push scooters been very parisian and and you know <laughs> gone up the hill for about 15 minutes to your old school the private school or i could have taken them where i decided to take them which is a one minute walk from our house and I decided to put them there because the thing about the private school, which was, it was nice, you know, there was the English program with teachers from Australia and, and a couple from London, but it was very white. It was very white Catholic, you know, with a few folks of color sprinkled in here and there. And I felt like my kids weren't getting a, you know, uh, a, a, an accurate image of, 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 of what life really is and what life here in particular is. And so when I went there and I was like, there are all colors up in the school, all types of accents, you know what I mean? I loved it. Like now their best friend's names, they're not very French. They're from like, you know, they're Zakaria, Ibrahim, you know, they're from Morocco, um, Algeria, uh, Senegal, you know, um, Mauritius, Israel. I just think that's amazing. You know what I mean? And that's what I want them to be exposed to. I think that is amazing and a couple of them have come over here and uh you know i i I was working on the computer and then one of them walked out and then he was like madame this is tdn from the ivory coast he had just moved here he said dorian and gabriel those are my boys they said you're a singer are you really a singer and i was like yeah and all of a sudden I'm, i'm like the coolest mom of the whole school you know what I mean? And so the kids come over and they dance and they sing and we make up songs and stuff. But I just love that. I don't know. You know, so, the, I mean, yeah. 
I, I love that, that my kids are seeing the diversity. I love that my kids are seeing, you know, reflections of themselves as well. And I love that my kids are understanding that, you know, life doesn't or, you know, it doesn't resemble their old school, which was mostly kids from richer families going to, you know, the Maldives um, for their spring break, you know, we're just, what are you guys doing? I was like, well, I'm taking my kids to choir practice, for, you know, for, oh, 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 we're going here, you know, we're going to wherever. And I'm like, okay, have fun, you know, and I didn't want my kids to think that that's what life really was about, you know, not that I won't enjoy a good island here and there, but I need them to be, you know, I don't know. The gamut, like they get to see it all, like I know yeah. all those Especially, I think, in like when you just think about Paris, like you got everybody there. You got rich yeah. people, poor people, and everything yep. in between. And I mean, it's a city that I love, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I love that. I love that. We running around trying to find a beret. <laughs> oh my God. I, that was, that's hilarious. Mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> why not you know i was thinking about you when i saw berets like you know after that i was like oh, okay yeah, so i was like i've lived here when i was in paris i was like crystal i gotta get a beret i want to walk out she's just like jackie i don't think i've ever seen anybody in beret <laughs> but you know what shortly after that i saw them in this tourist shop i was like dang she could have gotten four and gotten the fifth one for free child oh my gosh but yeah yeah. Crystal, thank you so much for taking this time. If there's any like lasting advice that you could give somebody, because you've done it, you've seen the gamut, you formed a like a life, like an amazing life, like yeah. doing what you love, have a beautiful family, like you're doing the most, and I'm I'm so proud of you. You inspire Aww. me. Girl, <laughs> likewise. <laughs> thank you. But please do give like my audience just some lasting advice. If this is something they want to see for themselves or a version yeah. of this, like what yeah. suggestions would you give to them? First of all, break out of the mold. Do you know what I mean? There is no set of instructions. You know, there is no, you go to this school and you get this job. That's done with. I don't even think that ever really worked, to be honest, but whatever. Don't be afraid to take, you know, a chance. Set it up. Anything you like, whatever you're good at, whatever you're really, really good at and you want to wake up and do, you know, work on that one thing and work on figuring out how the heck it can take you to where you want to go. And even once you get to that place, you might want to go someplace else. You know what I mean? There is nothing stopping you besides the coronavirus right now, you know, <laughs> but when that's done, <laughs> you know, set, one day, huh? it is going to be done soon. I am claiming that <laughs> shoot, set it up, get rid of the excuses. There are no more excuses. It doesn't. And, and you know, some people are like, well, I'm, you know, I'm 40 I'm 45. There is no such thing as job stability anymore. And it, you know what I mean? There is no such thing as job stability. So take away all those old ways of thinking, make it happen, get rid of the excuses, stop buying the Starbucks. You know, if you want to take some money for Starbucks or wherever else, just take that same money and put it in a little pot, you know, set you up something online, get your visa, you know, get your, get whatever you need, your passport and just go. You know, honestly, that's all I can say. And and whatever happens, just keep it moving. Just keep adapting. I was just talking to my colleague, Ju about this yesterday. We've had so many things where we've been in instances like huge venues and stuff has stopped working. You know, we have made it work. Like we, we played an acoustic set. You just keep the ball going. Don't ever let that stuff stop you. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, that little detail is not going to matter. People aren't going to remember that. 
and you're going to be so proud of yourself for actually taking the leap. So just do it. Don't let that other stuff stop you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I so appreciate those words, and I'm so blessed that I had know you and have known you for over 20 years because you're an amazing. And I'm glad that my audience is getting to like meet you and tell us your social handles if you don't mind, so that like if people want to check you out, they can. Yes. So for my um, performing arts program for children, it's Shay, which is C H E Z or Z. I've been here too long. C H E Z Crystal. Um, that's for everything. And if not, you can just find me at crystalpetit, P-E-T-I-T dot com. Yay. Thank you so much, Crystal. I so appreciate you being on my show today. I appreciate coming. You know, I'd like to talk to you. So, aww. Thank you so much for thinking a little of me. So guys, what did you think? Isn't she absolutely and utterly amazing and fantastic? Make sure you come on over to my website and comment, um, comment on my podcast, like and share and head over to Crystal's social media and follow her because she really rocks. She's awesome. Thank you. Until next time. Bye, ladies.